Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, Stratfor's Senior Middle East and North Africa Analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up for our free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Strat4. I'm Emily Donahue. The furious conflict between Ethiopia's government and armed Tigray forces has created humanitarian strife and ethnic violence in the country. Violence has actually gotten worse in the past few months. Joining me to discuss what happens next is Matthew Bay, Strat4 Senior Global Analyst at Rain. Welcome, Matthew. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Maybe you could talk to me about the events that have led to the outbreak of this conflict. Yeah, so the uh, Tigray-Ethiopia conflict has been really going on for the better part of a couple years now, if you look at it more broadly, just not from an armed conflict type of a a situation, but more broadly about the disputes between um, the TPLF, so the Tigray People's Liberation Front, which... Um, effectively ruled um, ruled Ethiopia for for several several decades before um, Ethiopian Prime Minister uh, Abiy Ahmed uh, took power um, a few years ago, and they really have been disagreeing over this idea of of what kind of government or what kind of government powers that the provincial government or I guess in this case the regional government um, and the the federal state should have. Um, Abiy has been much more about trying to centralize government control from Addis Ababa, um, while the TPLF has been all about kind of regional control going against Abiy. Um, this really broke out pretty badly in, in, in uh, last year where um, the Ethiopian government delayed elections because of COVID-19, uh, but the Tigrayans basically, uh, the TPLF, went ahead with their own regional election, was elected in an election that the, the government, central government, did not recognize. Um, that led to a, a dispute that boiled over into the, the armed conflict that we saw in November. Um, however, when we looked um, at the November conflict, um, it was very quick in, in the sense that the, the Ethiopians were able to gain the regional capital. They were able to gain um, a lot of the, the countryside, etc., very fast um, through coordination between not only the, the Ethiopian military, but also um, the regional Amhara regional military. So that's another um, region within within Ethiopia that is very much aligned with Abiy um, and Eritrea as well. Um, however, we had assessed before that conflict that the Ethi or that the Tigrayans um, actually had a ton of military firepower at their disposal. Um, the region was the front lines of the Ethiopia Eritrea war um, in the 1990s. Um, it, they uh, the Northern Command, which was based in Tigray. Um, was essentially roughly a half of the the armed forces of of, of the Ethiopian government. Um, a lot of those guys defected to to, to TPLF. Um, so what was clear from our point of view was that the TPLF did a tactical transition to an insurgency last November, um, while still retaining quite a bit of firepower, while still basically going back and trying to train and recruit new uh, militiamen and fighters. And then um, basically timed with the new Ethiopian elections that were in, were in June, um, they basically decided that that was the time that they needed to launch a counteroffensive and try to retake Tigray. And they were able to, be do, to take it really fast and take a lot of the regional capital um, and the surrounding areas in, in a matter of weeks. And really since then, we've actually been seeing um, the Tigrayan forces now starting to spread beyond just the, 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 the Tigray region itself when it comes to some of the, their activities. 
Matthew, let's talk a little bit about what's going on right now. What's changed to make things worse over the past couple of months? Yeah, so the TPLF has essentially been arguing that the Ethiopian government is trying to do you know, um, some sort of a, a siege tactic in the sense of trying to disrupt and limit the amount of aid that is going into uh, into Tigray. I mean, the UN is warning of mass famine, all these kinds of terrible things. Um, and they have made the argument then that in order to actually secure the supply chains into Tigray and to allow for that aid to actually go through in a more readily fashion, they need to expand the conflict beyond um, just the Tigrayan border. So we've seen fighting in a far region. Um, we've seen fighting in um, Amhara, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and that's actually now essentially establishing a buffer zone. Now, um, there are also other reasons as to why they would want to go into those regions for a buffer zone. For example, one, it establishes more um, leverage in the idea if there are ever negotiations that they can use. Um, two, from a tactical standpoint, you know, establishing a buffer zone would uh, limit or um, restrict the options that any other armed forces do have in trying to do another counter invasion into, or, or offensive into, into Tigray. Um, so we've actually seen, you know, the conflict widen beyond Tigray itself. We've also seen um, other regional governments becoming more aggressive and, or sorry, other regions of Ethiopia being more aggressive in calling up arms and as well as Ethiopian state. For example, Amhara has basically made a, a call for all of its uh, citizens to join either the actual regional forces that they have under their control or um, irregular militia. Uh, meanwhile, um, earlier this month, the prime minister's office uh, put out a statement saying that now was the time for all Ethiopians basically to join um, either the militia, special forces, or the military as long as they're able and capable. So we are essentially seeing a call to arms on on, on their side of the conflict. Obviously in Tigray, we've already seen the TPLF doing that for, for months now at this point. So we are starting to see, um, you know, the risk that this could really boil over into a much more significant uh, conflict that's not really going to be contained to, to um, Tigray. Also, something else that we did see um, was the Oromo Liberation Army. Um, it's a an armed group of a an Oromo regional militant group that um, has been active in the region. They don't seem to have as many fighters, but they actually pledged and said that they are working on forming a military alliance um, with the TPLF um, earlier this month. And the TPLF came out and said, yes, we're talking to them, although they didn't use the same kind of words of, of calling it an alliance. So really, when we think about what's evolving, now we're starting to see the conflict really go beyond Tigray, um, getting closer to other population urban areas, um, we now have to question, you know, what is the TPLF uh, endgame? Was it really all initially just about securing their state or the region of Tigray? Or now are they actually thinking about, okay, do we have the manpower to try to extend and overthrow parts of the government itself? Matthew, is there any possibility right now of, or even in the near future, of some kind of negotiated end to this conflict? So unfortunately, right now, both sides have kind of backed themselves into a corner where they view each other as essentially illegitimate and, and also in uh, existential threats. Um, so for example, on the TPLF side of things, um, they are viewing um, the whole political project of centralizing power under, under the central government as an existential threat to Tigray itself in the sense of the TPLF. Um, meanwhile, B is viewing now um, essentially... They're calling the TPLF a, a, a terrorist group. Um, he's sided with the Amhara regional um, government and the Amhara elite, essentially, to, to kind of put forward this kind of centralizing goal. And they've basically been painting the TPLF as terrorists for several months now. In order for him to actually accept a negotiation um, would be a pretty significant about face. So unfortunately, right now, 
we're not seeing a ton of off-ramps to negotiations. For example, if you look at the Ethiopian uh, foreign ministry statements when other countries are saying, hey, you need to negotiate with the Tigrayans, um, you, or the TPLF, excuse me, um, you have, you know, very quick, uh, sudden, you know, diplomatically, you know, responses that are pretty pretty significant. And even Sudan, um, who was trying to push for negotiations, uh, recalled their ambassador in August um, because of Ethiopian rejection of those talks. Matthew Bay is Stratfor's Senior Global Analyst at RAIN. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Stay ahead of the news in Ethiopia and Sub-Saharan Africa. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter from RAIN. We'll send you regular updates on regional geopolitics. Find out more at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.